Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you are not. And today, 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 it's Friday. No, March, May, March. It's the year of our Lord, 2023, and we are snowed in. Uh, everything was canceled today, and uh, except for Sean's flight. So we woke up early, in the words of our, our friends from Boston, and we drove him to the airport, and then we thought, well, we're not going to be able to get home in time. So we called our friends at Corporate Travel, and they took us in. So we are in Corporate Travel's offices, and it is a vast complex uh, filled with traveling stuff, and uh you know, if you ever need to travel or, or need to go somewhere and want I love these guys. Corporate travel, is it dot com? I don't know. It is now. Um now here's the key about corporate travel. They're the folks who put together and who run the good news cruise that I've gone on now three years in a row. I think mostly because people want to see me in a swimsuit. Okay, Carrie, I don't know why you're laughing. I I do have chiseled abs. They're buried beneath layers of fat because I don't want to be an occasion of sin. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you're interested in the Good News Cruise next year, and you might want to move. They just sold like 20 cabins last week. Did you hear that? Um, but if you're interested in that, make sure you go to goodnewscruise.com and sign up today. Uh, there's going to be some awesome speakers there. I'm coming and serving as MC. Uh, and I don't know. Here's a big important update. Gary and I just tried to send them a picture that is not from pre-Civil War. Uh, they keep putting this picture of me uh, from when I was 27 or something. And then people meet me and have 30% of my dialogue of the cruise is, yes, I know that's an old picture. Yes, I know I'm old and fat now. Thank you very much. Do you have any more questions? And everyone's got the first joke on that one. You know what I mean? Hey, father. <laughs> yeah, whatever, chief. So we did, we took a new picture and we sent it, but the way they got around it is I'm just not on this one, uh, which is, just shows their good judgment. You really want to trust yourself to people who know, let's not put Joe's picture on there. Uh, so some of the speakers, uh, doctors, uh, Gott and, uh, Kimberly, I don't know if she's a doctor, but, uh, the Hans, how's that? The Hans will be there. Um, which sounds like like um, a horde that invaded China at some point, doesn't it? It's like the Mongols and then the Hans. Anyway, uh, and Dr. Ray Garandi, Teresa Tamio, Father Mike Schmitz. Uh, now, if you guys get it all mixed up, uh, he's the one who looks just like me. Uh, Father Mike Schmitz is. I hear it all the time. Uh, Al and Sally Cresta. Uh, it's just, it's got, guys, it's going to be awesome. So uh, this cruise um, is for any married couple that wants to grow in their faith and maybe get some uh, skills uh, for strengthening their relationship. Now, whenever we talk about this, somebody says, well, what about something for single people? Hey, I don't own the company. Uh, (laughs) I'm a single people and I go. But more important than that, perhaps, is that they have a good news conference which is going to be in i think sunny florida yes and you can go to goodnewsconference.com you can go to goodnewscruise.com if you're married 
well, you can go there if you're single, but they're not letting you on the boat. Unless you create a fictitious spouse, which I might do, <laughs> uh, just to freak them out. Uh, if you would like to experience the, the, the awesomeness of this uh, Good News Cruise, then you can go to the Good News Conference, uh, and uh, there will be a ton of people there, married and single. So make sure and check it out, and I hope that uh, if you are able to go and want to go, that you do go. I think it's a great thing. I do. Um, so, uh, quick prayer. Yeah, Carrie. Well, looking out the window today. Yeah. I think that's inspiration. Well, here's the thing. Here's my theory. And this is me without an ounce of wisdom about travel. Put that puppy in February. Right? Because it's February, March, where Michiganders, at least, and I don't know, I assume Wisconsinians and Minnesotans, uh, start to lose our minds. You know, so for example, at Holy Family, ours started about two weeks ago. Just kind of people getting weird. And it's like, no, this is what happens. They haven't seen the sun in months. Right. Well, next year, that it's going to be perfect then because it will be January 22nd through February 2nd. Sweet. End of January to the beginning of February. Right. That amount of sun should get you through to April when we start seeing the sun again. With some predictability. Yes. So, uh, big prayers out for Father Sean, our guest yesterday. He is uh, probably currently in the air on an airplane, which helps a lot. Um, And he is flying to Western Canada. And then you know where he's going from there? Frickin' home to England. So he's going to cross this glorious continent twice in a relatively short amount of time. So pray for him for safe travels. And pray for his sanity. I, even the thought of being on a plane that long. Like when we fly down for the cruise, it's what, two hours, three hours? And I think I'm going to die. I hate flying. Unless it's first class. And I only assume I would like first class. I've never actually done it. But it looks like cushier chairs and more room. Which is really the key. Truly, and they served you drinks and... Food, free. Oh, well. But truly, if they were like, no food, no drinks, no one will, no stewardess or whatever we're supposed to call them now, flight attendant, I don't care. It's the chair. Yes. This big old booty needs some more cushion and some more room. That's in the Bible. Don't look it up. So I've wasted time, and we have so many good questions. If you have questions, repent and submit them. I don't know. That didn't work as well as I liked. It's okay. It was like the whole repent and submit to the Pope. While you were talking about the cruise, I was showing them pictures up in the corner of last year's cruise. Oh, nice. My favorite picture, actually, do you remember you asked me, do you have a picture? And I was like, I have no opinion on pictures. I lied. I remembered the one. I held a sign. There was a sign they put on seats, and I can't remember what it said. That was last year. (laughs) Do you remember what the sign said? I'm going to look it up during the show. It was something about single. Yeah, and it was really, uh, if I may, very clever of me. So, uh, okay, Uh, we have questions. Uh, So I'm going to start in. If you have questions, just submit them, and we should be able to get after a bunch more today. I think I can get after everything on this list. I think, I think, I think. Uh, A lot of it depends on Carrie not screwing around. And don't forget to pray for the Tigers who play at 1 o'clock today. Then we can't watch it because we live in Michigan. And MLB, in its infinite wisdom, 
has decided that if you live in the state the if you live in the same state as the team you root for, you can't watch them. That would be silly. Okay. First question, is it true that the Church of England is considering redoing the Our Father to make it a non-gender prayer? Uh, I looked this up. Yeah, Pierce, some parts of the Church of England are doing so. This isn't policy. Uh, They will, uh, if I read right, if I understand right, they're going to vote on it, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, to be clear, it might be time, because I don't think I did this. Uh, so I'm looking at you, Kara, in case I did it. For me to do a show, uh, or whatever you want to call it, a class, I don't know, on God as masculine, human as feminine. Because that's the model the church uses. That's the way the church understands reality. That's the way Judaism understands reality. Uh, God as masculine, human as feminine. And that's a huge part of our faith. So you may notice and it all even ties into women priests, which I think we talked about. Um, and it's hard to explain, uh, uh, but I, I just in a nutshell, this. When uh, churches have moved to female priests, and I'm not talking about preachers. I'm talking about sacramental Christian churches. So, for example, some Anglican churches did this. Um, the domino theory is very real because... To do so is to totally reject the underpinnings, the philosophical and theological underpinnings that guide so much of our theology. And that's why you often see it starts with female priests, which seems very reasonable. And next thing you know, you have like someone sent me a video of the this uh, pastor celebrating being the first, you know, trans gender, I don't know, it turns into a mess. Because the way the Jews understood God was right, or it wasn't. And it's really interesting. I think I can take you through. I think the bigger answer, and I think what would solve a lot of our problems, and no one cares, right? I don't have any power to affect this change, uh, is if we stopped treating being a priest as being boss, I think that would solve a lot of the problems because what many advocates of women priests are looking for is for women to have a voice in the church. And the reason they equate priesthood with power is because we equate priesthood with power, right? Just ask the 18 people I fired for looking at me funny. Uh, No, but I do get it. I do get the struggle. Um, But I also get the theology that says... Roman Catholics cannot have female priests, right? Uh, And we can talk about that sometime. Did we ever do this? I don't remember. We did? We'll be back after a quick break. Are you looking for peace and joy? Do you want to refresh your life and raise your well-being? You need Create Harmony. At Create Harmony... We focus on everyday joys, and we savor life's blessings. Our episodes are filled with creativity and fun, and we believe in setting an intentional rhythm. Listen in to Create Harmony to learn how to use your imagination as a way of listening to God and remind yourself how to notice goodness all around you.
in the very, very, very early days of okay. COVID. Maybe it's time to relaunch that. Huh? I think I can help. Absolutely. Uh, I really do. Because, again, the key issue is we see it as a matter. We have a lot of people who object, who say there should be women priests. What they're looking for is do women have a voice and to have some power or ownership. The issue is they're right because of how we live priesthood. Um, but what the priesthood means, we can't do it. So anyway, this might help us even as Catholics understand why we object to pretending a man can be a woman. He can dress like a woman and think of himself as a woman. But yeah, anyway. Okay, so maybe someday we'll do gender and priesthood because that might be really helpful to all of us. Uh, great question here. Are St. Gregory and St. Basil the only two saints that are brothers. Oh my, no. You're going to love this. I made a list just when we sat down. Uh, there's Macrina the Younger. So Macrina invented a dance that we've mistranslated into the Macarena. I don't know if you guys know this. Please don't look it up. Just trust me. Uh, Macrina the Younger was the granddaughter of Macrina the Elder and the sister of St. Basil, St. Gregory, and St. Peter. So that family was loaded with saints. Um, then there is St. Humbling, a Benedictine abbess, and the younger sister of St. Bernard of Clairvaux. There are Saints Cosmas and Damien. They were brothers who were priests, or doctors, who uh, were both martyred probably by Diocletian, right? If you're ever in a trivia thing and they're like, under which emperor was so-and-so martyred, there's about a 60% chance it's Diocletian, just as a heads up. And what's really, now you want to hear some crazy trivia. What's crazy about that is the church, 100 years later, took the system Diocletian used to govern and applied it to themselves, and I kid you not, which is why what you live in is called a diocese. Right, So dioceses are named after one of the biggest butchers of Christianity in its first years. Right? And, and, and another little crazy note on this. There are more martyrs being made every year than there ever were by the Romans. Uh, between China, Africa, and somewhat India, uh, the number of Christians being killed for being Christian is higher than it's ever been. Now, some of that's just because there's a crap load of people now, right? But anyway, uh, some more saints. Uh, how about our apostles? We had three sets of brothers in the apostles, right? There was saints Simon and Jude. They were brothers. Now, again, there were two Simons and two Judes. So it's not Simon Peter and it's not Judas Iscariot. Uh, there's James and John. There's Peter and Andrew. So there were three sets of brothers who are saints among the Apostles. There's also, now you want to get into twins? Would you like to get into twins? Saints Benedict and Scholastica were twins. They founded the Benedictines, not the Scholasticans. The Benedictines. You think, uh, like, you would think if a brother and sister founded something, you would mash their name together, right? The Scholastidicts or the Benelastiacs. Carrie's not laughing. No, I think I'm throwing out gems here. Uh, now, there were tons of martyrs who are twins. St. Uh, Medard, who formed a hardware store. And you can save big money at Medard's. 
Is that a Michigan store, or do people get that joke? So if you're not, if you don't know, like there's at least in Michigan, are there are there any in Wisconsin? Okay. Save big money at Menards. It's the most irritating jingle for some reason, but it does stick in your melon. St. Uh, Medard and Gillard, they were not only, get this, born on the same day, but they were consecrated bishops on the same day, and they were martyred on the same day. Can you imagine being their mom? It's like, yay! Uh, but there's more. Uh, tons more. Um, it seems to me that the UK and the Middle East produced a disproportionate amount of sibling saints. Uh, in the Middle East, why? Because they were martyred. Uh, Christianity tended to convert families back then. And uh, yeah, that's how it is. So I hope you found that helpful. There's a ton more. I didn't list them all, but why not list those? Yeah. And I like the twins part because I just think that's cool. Do you, you wonder if, like, when they got to judgment, God mixed them up? Like, if in the end, God just said, okay, I'm letting both of you in because I can't figure out which one's supposed to be in hell. No? I think I'm killing it. Okay, is it acceptable to have the priest washing a selection of the... There's a word missing here. But we'll get, I think I got it. Is it acceptable to have a priest watching a selection of the community and then having the congregation in turn wash each other's feet? So in other words, the laity participating in the ritual. Uh, if it's Holy Thursday, no, you're not supposed to do that, right? The rules, as I remember it, are fairly to partly cloudy clear. Uh, Twelve people step forward as representatives of the apostle. And then the priest washes their feet, and it's done. If you want to do something beyond that, you really shouldn't do it on Holy Thursday. huh? <coughs> That's just my uh, opinion. And I'm always right. I'm just kidding. Dear Lord, I'm wrong a lot. Uh, I was at a church once, and I had no authority, so whatever, where we all washed each other's hands, and it was so weird. Uh, I don't know. I don't. But what we're doing is participating in, just like at Mass, whenever you're at Mass, we are not reenacting the Last Supper, we're not recreating it, we're not remembering it, we are participating in it. God is outside of time. So the same with Holy Thursday and the washing of the feet. We're not reenacting, we're participating in. Okay. Uh, but anyway... If your church does it, I don't know. Just let it go, right? Uh, I was showing Carrie this just today. One of the most entertaining things to do if you're bored. And we were a little bored. We had some extra time, and we didn't bring things to do. Uh, but look up reviews of Catholic churches on Google. It's hysterical because you always get these, I should read that one, or, is, or am I a jerk for reading it? No, don't read it. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because you'll see, oh, this is a nice place, or the priest is nice, or the people are so sweet, or the parking's great, or blah, blah, blah. And then you'll get these ones where, how do you say this? They're crazy. Uh, and, like, the more all caps you use, the more I assume you're completely insane. And when I was reading them to Carrie, I would yell the all caps word. Like... 
At this church, the priest was very holy, but there were many women who dressed disrespectfully. And, yeah. Okay. So if you ever want entertainment, what was the one we saw on Christophonics? Facebook page. Should I not bring that up? <laughs> Don't bring it up. Okay. Well, that was pretty funny. I, I mean, thought so. So there's Christophonic, right, who was on the show, who just all he does is hit home runs for the kingdom of God, right? Just because why not? And there's a picture of him preaching, and it's lovely. And one of the comments on there was, are you preaching with your back to the blessed sacrament? It's like, oh, yeah, that's, I'm glad that's what you saw. Okay, how are people doing? Good. Okay, uh, in last Sunday's gospel, Matthew 4, this was a couple weeks ago, right? We got this question. Well, it was last week, clearly. In last Sunday's gospel, Matthew says the devil, quote, took, end quote, Jesus to the holy city and, quote, made him stand on the parapet. This came up in our gospel discussion on Monday night, and we were wondering the context of the devil making or commanding Jesus to do anything. Yeah, I think uh, you have to assume some amount uh, on Jesus' part of letting him do this, right? Uh, the devil cannot force Jesus to do anything. Uh, hold on. <coughs> I think tooking, taking Jesus somewhere is more like me saying, hey, John, I'm going to take you to the car. I mean, I'm just going to walk you out there. But if John doesn't want to go, I sure couldn't take him in a fight. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think, right? Um, so if that helps, made him to stand on the parapet of the temple is more like stand here, right? That if Jesus didn't want to do that, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, I hope that helps. I, I think it's just how we use words, right? Like think of it again this way. I'm going to take them to the car, right? Uh, he brought me over here and made me stand there, made me to stand there, which there's a difference. Uh, meaning, where do I stand? Right, right there. Does that help? Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Father, I have horrible anxiety. A lot of times my anxiety and fear take control of my life to the point where I cannot have fun. I feel like I'm betraying Jesus because we are supposed to trust and not worry. This is tearing me apart and causing issues at home. Are there suggestions you can give me? Does my anxiety mean I am not faithful to God and driving Jesus away? Sorry if this is a stupid question. It is not. Um, bless your beautiful heart. Um, one of the things I hope I can help, like the trust and not worry thing. Uh, I don't know. Come Holy Spirit. I struggle with this myself. How to explain this. And I think I'm right. Uh, but... I think I trust God. I can obviously trust him more, clearly. But I don't equate it with a feeling. Does this make sense? I was just talking to Sean, Father Sean about this yesterday um, after dinner uh, where I was like, you know, Sean, historically, I can see it's really going to get ugly. I really can. And I'm not saying it has to. Something could change. But the way our country is moving, and it's not even the individual issues, it's more, it seems to me, that we've decided we're all Democrats. And if we're Democrats, the Republicans can do no right. 
and the Democrats can do no wrong. And if we're Republicans, well, the Democrats can do no right, and the Republicans can do no wrong. And so you end up then with media filters that they have faithful acolytes in the media, right? Corporate media and, uh, what do you say, free media. I don't know what con uh, what contrast to use, but your corporate media, which is always going to favor the left, except for Fox News, who decided the answer to that problem was to be the other kind of problem, right? Or you have your non-mainstream, non-corporate-funded news, which tends toward the right. And so you can always find someone... Like, here, here's a weird example. Um, Elon Musk, did he own a uh, some kind of mine? Okay? So, if you look this up, the people who hate Elon Musk have very reputable sources. And they're sure of it. He had this mine uh, that, that he exploited people from and blah, blah, blah. And if you look, the people who like him, they have very reputable sources, which will tell you, no, his father owned one. He never got any money from it, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, we can't figure out what's true anymore. This whole January 6th thing, right? And again, some of you, me bringing it up, you're starting to get your dander up. Let it go. I'm not trying to, I can't figure out what's true. And our left-wing media and our right-wing media are making sure we can't figure out what's true. Um, and they bend things, yes? So, well, look at this video. Okay, but you're showing me 10 seconds of a 30-minute video, and when the other side did that with something else, you said that was wrong. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? It is becoming impossible to figure out what's true. A politician can just lie, and they always do. And I know we're at peace with that, and I get it. But now they've got a ton of people to go, oh, no, he's telling the truth. Why? Well, that's their guy. We've made our politics like we do our sport teams. And so I don't see this as a doom and gloom. But I'm sharing all this with Sean, and I'm walking him through, and, you know, he knows I'm a history guy, and I'm like, Bro, this has never not resulted in civil war. Never, right? I, I'm telling you. Um, am I worried about that? Yes, intellectually, I sit and worry about it. Am I trusting? I actually think I am. Like, here's my thing. We'll be fine. <laughs> and why will we be fine? Oh, because we'll have food and shelter? No, because they can't take Jesus from me. It, and I truly say that, and I truly mean it. Um, as much as I can in a comfortable home with a belly full of food. At this point in my life, I can look at the future and acknowledge it's going to get real unless something crazy happens, something crazy beautiful. Or even, honestly, you're going to laugh, something crazy awful. Namely, give us a dictator. Right? Give us a dictator. Uh, they could actually make things better temporarily. I, I'm not advocating. You could, Okay. So do I worry about it in the sense of going, man, a lot of people I love are going to die. I might die, which I don't care. Give me home. Uh, but will I be okay? Yeah, 
I, I'm, I'm goofy about Jesus, and whatever they do, whatever that happens, I'll be fine. Uh, Jesus, as he said, don't worry about those who can hurt the body but not hurt the soul. Worry about those who can get your soul and take it to fiery Gehenna. Right? Uh, Gehenna, Jihana, a, a, a landfill. Uh, beware of those who can treat your soul like garbage. Yeah? So when you say you're worried, where did it go? Hold on, okay? Um, oops. Sorry, I lost my spot. Praise the Lord. I know I'm supposed to trust and not worry. If that's an emotion, we're screwed. If me trusting or not worrying is an emotion, I'm in trouble. If it's an intellectual conviction, then Jesus can help me. I can choose to believe. Is this making sense? Okay. So I'm going to encourage you to do a few things. One, not worry about the fact that you worry. If that worry is intellectual. To the emotion, keep reminding yourself, this is how I do it. Seriously, well, he conquered sin and death. He can do this. He turns bread into himself. He can handle this. I think I told you this. One of the priests I was on a conference with said the craziest thing. He's asleep in the boat. He's not freaked out at all. Right? Um, right, that story where there's a huge storm. Jesus is asleep on the boat. The disciples are freaking out. And I love this. They have to wake him up. Because to them, this is a crisis. And to him, it's like, all right. He wakes up, calms the storm. Give him a little, how you doing? And then falls back asleep. That what you and I call a crisis, it might be a little hard to convince the guy who was tortured to death that it's a crisis. Yeah. So uh, these are things I say to myself to discipline and educate what I feel. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm afraid. Why are you afraid? Or w w what do I want to remember in my fear or my worry or my anxiety? Well, he conquered sin and death. He's asleep in the boat. Uh, these kind of things. Um, so does your anxiety mean you're not faithful to God and you're driving Jesus away? I don't know, but I really doubt it. I don't think you chose anxiety. I don't think one day you woke up and said, you know what I'd really like? Yeah. And this is as a guy who carries a lot of anxiety, you know, um, and it can be crippling sometimes. I try to speak the truth to it and live my life in as much freedom as I can. And th th that's, that's what I got to say. Um, and you know, there are people who will tell you you have no power over this. It's purely medical. There will people who tell you, oh, this is purely spiritual. You need to pray through it. I think the healthy thing is the middle of those two that there might be a medical thing where you can be helped with medication or with exercises, right? There might be a spiritual thing where you can, well, there's always a spiritual thing. You can always pray through. Does it mean everything will get better? No, you'll get better, but your anxiety might not. I don't know, I'm rambling. No? Okay. So give God your anxiety every day, and you're going to laugh at me, but trust me, as best I can, I do this and I get what I'm saying is crazy. To thank God for the anxiety. All right, Lord, this is what I have. So I give it to you. Please help me. 
speak the truth to what you feel, and trust that the Lord sees how hard you're fighting. He sees it, and he loves it. Yeah? I think I'm making sense. If not, let me know. Father Joe, what's going on in Rome? Nothing good, I'll tell you that. Uh, is the Cardinals meeting just discussing issues, or is it binding? I don't know what we're talking about. I'm sorry. I know Francis, Pope Francis removed a few Cardinals on his J8 committee, or whatever it's called, and he appointed some other ones. Um, I think some of the guys just termed out. I don't know. Uh, I think being candid... Come, Holy Spirit. I think this is at least somewhat right. How's this? There are elements in St. Peter that are a cesspool. That's just all there is to it. Um, in any institution, religious or secular, when you have the concept of promotion, the most vicious people will do the best. That's just how it works. Um... And the church is a hierarchy. So you have lovely, saintly men and women in the church. And you have awful people who want to be promoted in the church. And they all work in the same place. Yeah. Um, I have a fantasy, truly, and I mean this, of a pope taking over, you know, rightly, voting and all this, and sending Every one of those people home. Seriously. Uh, I don't know how much of your donations sustain. Well, I know Rome doesn't. It doesn't work like people think. Sorry. It's not. Well, you give 10 bucks to Holy Family. Holy Family kicks four bucks to uh, the diocese. And the diocese kicks two bucks to Rome. That's not how it works. St. Peter's is mostly a self-sustaining enterprise, okay? Um, so, like, your money doesn't go to Rome unless it's the Peter's Pence collection, which, for example, Holy Family, we stopped giving to three years ago uh, because of the corruption there, right? Uh, I don't think cardinals need to be driven around in Cadillacs. I don't. I think that's grotesque. Um, depending. I mean, I got a buddy who was a bishop, and Cadillac gave them a car for him, right? But all this to say, come Holy Spirit, I would just love to see them send everyone home. We need clergy back home. We don't need clergy pretending they're skilled at finance. We don't need clergy pretending. It, the clergy doesn't need to run the church, um, and the people saying the clergy should run the church, and this is going to shock you, but our clergy who run the church. Yeah. Um, Rome's a mess. It's always been, which is somewhat of a comfort to me. Uh, and the goofiness we're seeing now is nothing like what we used to see, but that's not a justification. That's an explanation. To me, literally send them all home. Have your finances run by, I don't know, holy lay people uh, who maybe have a degree in that. A as a priest, as a bishop, as a cardinal, there are th six, seven things we can do. Well, dep depends on your level. As a priest, how's this? There's seven things I can do that you can't. 
so I should be doing those seven. And if something's outside of those seven, I should give it to someone who, I don't know, is trained in that, who's good at it. And Rome can do the same thing. And we would have a lot more clergy. If you ever want to have a heart attack, go to St. Pete's and look how many clergy are just roaming around. They are not working in a parish. They are not working at a diocese. They might be working for the universal church. But, wow, I'm just kind of ranting. Okay. Uh, but I think that's important. I do. And, and this is how I think. So when you say what's going on in Rome, I'm sure not much good. Uh, and I don't know about this meeting. And I don't know about these cardinals who come from dioceses with empty churches. You know? Okay, we have two very similar questions. So I'm going to ask them or read them both uh, and then do my best to not get censored. Uh, <laughs> really? I mean... <laughs> Dangerous territory. I don't, we're asking some... I don't know. I, I think the Rome thing was an innocent question, and I think I got a little how you doing, right? I, I think that's what happened there. Uh, but I want to be clear. I don't feel contentious when I say those things. I'm very open to the possibility that I'm incredibly wrong. Uh, really, uh, I'm not Pope for a good reason. I'm not a bishop for very good reasons. Uh, but to me, it seems clear. right? If I was in a parish, if I had three parishes, and at one parish, half of the employees keep getting arrested... Uh, they don't seem to talk about Jesus much and spend as much time as possible screwing each other over. I'm going to let them go. Uh, just because that's what you do. You call them to repentance. If they don't repent, well, here's the door. The stakes are too high. We're talking people's souls. Uh, but anyway, who cares? Here's the two. Father Joe, is it bad to work for woke companies that's one question and then father what is your advice for a practicing catholic who works in a healthcare organization that has started instituting gender and sex preference questions of their parents as well as openly promoting celebrations of lgbtq plus that's getting longer for its employees i think that's why the plus comes in handy it's like we are free to have 60 letters here well you can how many letters in the alphabet do we know 26? A, B, C, D, E, F. Isn't it cool that we have that song and that it matches up so perfectly? Okay, I do not know what to say on these topics. Because, let's say I go work for Company A. And this is how I feed my family. And then Company A decides to embrace an agenda that I don't feel as healthy or helpful. I still need to feed my family. And there's this thing we used to call the yuppie Nuremberg defense, right? Which is, uh, I just did what I was ordered to. Um, and I'm not going there. But I also recognize, like, I don't know, I'm going to, uh, Burger King. Let's say I'm working at Burger King. I'm I'm a store manager for store 832, okay? Um, and let's say Burger King decides 
uh, well, like Amazon did, we'll pay for abortions now. We'll pay, pay, if you work in a state where abortion is not legal, we will pay to fly you to another state where they can do the abortion. All right, so now I'm working as a manager at Burger King, and Burger King's decided the best use of its money is to pay for people to have abortions. I, I have no power over that. If someone in charge asks me my opinion, they'll get it, right? I'll say, I think this is awful. Uh, but I am not morally responsible for their decision. Now, let's say Burger King tells me, hey, manager of the store, we would like you to collect donations for this fund we're building to pay for a, uh, these flights to states where abortion is illegal, right? Well, no, 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 I'm not going to do that, right? Uh, when it comes to your active participation in evil, we have to make a stand. When it comes to, well, the guy's 27 people above me in the food chain made some bonehead decision, or some decision I don't like, uh, why are you responsible for that? Um, and I'm sorry for what we're doing right now with all these gender things. I, I I don't know how we got here so rapidly. Um, but it is scary to me how quickly all the people with money apparently decided we're supposed to think. I don't know how this happened. And it does not stand up to logic. I have had these discussions. And well, what if we have someone who's, you know, transgender? Well, that's God's kid. I love him. I'll die for him. And I will fight for their right to dress like they want. Um, absolutely. But what you can't do is make me say something I believe untrue. You can't. Right? Do you get me? Like, I don't know what to do with that information. And I don't know when we all decided this is how it is. Well, you have to agree with my lifestyle. Why? People get after me about priestly celibacy. People chew on me. I mean, not, you know, people object to priestly celibacy. People object to non, uh, no, uh, to male only priesthood. I don't pretend that they don't have to agree with me. If you want to have a great discussion, sweet. But I, I don't know when this happened. I think at core the issue is we keep pretending that everyone has to approve of how I want to live. You don't. I have family who, with love in their hearts, sat me down when I was going to seminary and said, I think you're wasting your life. I disagreed. Right? I didn't die as a result. I didn't freak out. I made my best effort to communicate why I believe they were wrong. They made their best effort to communicate why I'm wrong. Did it hurt my feelings? Oh, sure. Did I hurt their hopes for me? Absolutely. Did we keep going as family? Uh-huh. Yes, we did. Because we're adults. And we're tough. I don't need you to approve of me. I'd like it if you do. And I'm sure you'd like it if I do. But that's it. Yeah. Um, so I'm so sorry. 
I know public school teachers keep getting put in this. I hear from them honestly all the time. And it breaks my heart that at some point we decided, I think we can all agree, I just was reading you that Peter Kraft quote, that sex is a big thing. Sex meaning the act of procreation. Okay? I think we can all agree that's one of the biggest things. And at some point we said, you know what? We don't want moms and dads teaching their children about this. We want tax-funded employees to teach our kids about sex. And then we act surprised when they start teaching them weird things. When they start teaching them bad things. When they start teaching tiny children awful things. Um, It is not the job of the public school to teach children about sex. And you can't show me any data that shows sex education leads to a decrease in pregnancies. And I can show you something that says the opposite. Um, It's funny, guys. At some point, we let go of the reins. And now we're surprised that the horse took us somewhere we don't want to be. Um, And I know I could get in a lot of trouble for this. And forgive me. I do think if the public schools keep going in this direction, that Catholic parents are going to have to make some hard choices. Do I really want to subject my child to that? Um, And then, of course, the church needs to make some hard choices. Are we going to figure out a way to make Catholic education affordable? You know, I feel like I went on a rant and I really didn't mean to. I don't, I don't know. That's what I have to say. And I'm sorry I'm not more helpful. But if you are asked to uh, participate actively in something that is morally objectionable, that's a problem. If you belong to an organization that does bad things, I don't know what you can do about that. Yeah? Um, I think in healthcare. I have family in healthcare, and they do tell me that particularly if you're a nurse, and Carrie, you got nurses in your family. Tell me if, you, if you've heard this. You can get a job anywhere right now. They need nurses so bad. So if your company, if your hospital, if your healthcare company wants to do some crazy stuff, I think you can walk away and get, well, get another job first. But I think you can find uh, a place to go. I ask you all to be conscious of the laws that are being passed right now. Um, A big movement right now is to revoke the ability of Catholic hospitals to say no thank you to things that Catholicism teaches are morally objectionable. I know a few states have done this, right? That a Catholic hospital is able to say in some places but not in others, no, for 2,000 years, the church has taught that abortion is evil. Therefore, we do not do abortions here. But I also know those laws keep getting attacked. Yeah? Okay. <clears throat> How we doing? Am I a little too harsh today? No. All right. Any tips on Lexio Divina? Yes, use a computer. Isn't that funny? Uh, <laughs> I, I say that jokingly because here's the key. When I was in seminary is when I learned about the, the, the breviary, okay? And um, wait, what do you mean by Lexio Divina? 
uh, sorry, if you mean the breviary, which I, I get this all mixed up. We pray, okay, Catholic priests pray the breviary and, uh, or the Psalter, or it's got a lot of names, but it's a book with a very specific prayer format that we pray every day. Okay. Divine office. It's called a lot of things. Um, and there is a specific way to pray it. And what they told us at seminary that was genius was, we're not going to explain the breviary to you. You're going to get a breviary, sit next to a veteran, a seminarian, and then you'll figure it out. And they were right. If I try to explain to you how to pray it, it will take me a half hour and you will be confused. If you just do it, it's actually pretty easy. I know that sounds funny. But if you get a computer program, so for me... The one I do, Come Holy Spirit, is called, I think, The Divine Office. Um, uh, and it's my favorite one. It's called Divine Office. Uh, not now. Okay. And that's what it looks like. A lot of people use this. Oh, over here, sis. I'm sorry. A lot of people, I think a lot more use one called iBrevery. I don't like it, and I don't use it. Uh, I don't like how it looks. Uh, it's actually that simple. For some reason, I like how this, the divine office one works. If that's not what you're talking about, please let me know, okay? Um, oh, I just got a text from Sean. Oh, he said thanks for the prayers. So make sure and pray for that poor man stuck on a plane for 13 years over the next week. Has Father Joe ever visited Father Sean in England? No, I have never been to England. And weren't we just talking about this, John? We both have a desire to go there. Um, I heard it's really expensive. Huh? What's that? He said we're going for next Friday's show. We should. We can't. They said, is there a way next, to get there where we Next Friday don't? is the auction. We have to be here for it. Oh, that's right. Is there a way to get to England without being on a plane? I don't think so. Poop! We can take a boat. There's got to still be boats. I'll get on a cargo ship rather than get on a freaking plane. That's got to be a long flight. It does. Well, it's not as bad as like the long, to me, I've flown to Italy, I think, 14 times, 14 or 15 times. That flight takes 37 days. I think it's 11 hours. Uh, Jeff, Father Jeff, do you know this goes to the Philippines like it seems to me at least once or twice a year. That's more than 24 hours. And I, I just would die. I, I would, like, if Jesus appeared to me and said, I need you to fly to the Philippines, I'd be like, Lord, I'm sorry. I'll take crucifixion, please. Ugh, planes. Okay, did I answer whatever question that was from? Really? Sweet. Okay. Um, the fence was moved at Comerica. I've heard the change was sorely needed, but I'm not quite understanding why. What is your opinion and why? Okay, so if the, for those of you not familiar with what we're talking about, Comerica is where the Tigers play baseball, or their version of it. Um, it's our home field. And when it was built, uh, the Tigers were trying to build an anti-home run park, in a sense. They were trying to build a pitcher-friendly park. We were just coming out of the steroid era where guys were just murdering the ball at an astounding rate. Like steroids increase a lot, speed and awareness and strength, right? So uh, even pitchers who were taking steroids, if they're pitching against a guy batting, 
the batter has the advantage in terms of steroids. Okay? All this to say, the Tigers decided we're going to build a pitcher's park for a sport that favors batters. Okay? And to me, they went way overboard. They made it impossible to hit a home run. So this will be the fourth time, if I count right. John might help me here. It's the third or fourth or fifth time, somewhere in there, that they've moved the fences a little closer. And what is their goal? Well, now it is a pitcher's sport. Batting averages are the lowest they've been in a long time. And there was even an article last year by a top baseball analyst who said, at present trend, baseball will be unhittable. Right? The pitchers are gaining so many uh, tactical, uh, like there was a big push uh, from India. They started bringing in pitching coaches from cricket to teach guys how to bend the ball even more, right? Uh, and I know this sounds nuts. You really have to watch a pitch in super slow motion, not just slow motion, to see how unhittable it is. Am I talking too much on this topic? All right, so best way to think of it. Okay, I'm holding a little can in my hand at shoulder level, and I'm sitting down. When I release the can, until it hits the ground, that amount of time, which is about 0.3 to 0.4 seconds, that's how long the average major league hitter has to do the following. To look at the pitcher's hand, how did he release the ball? That will tell him approximately what kind of pitch is coming. He also has to, in that time, determine if that pitch is a hittable kind and if that particular pitch is hittable. The guy might have been trying for a sinker and threw a slider, right? So a batter has to, in 0.3 or 4 seconds, make a ton of determinations and then react. Okay? He's also got to swing that bat at a remarkable speed. So all of this to say... As pitchers get better and gain more tricks, batters are struggling to hit. Last year, I'm going to say this, and I'm fairly confident I'm right, 18 teams batted under 230, uh, which is insane. So the Tigers are responding to two things. One, they overdid it. They made it impossible to hit a homer. Uh, two, Pitching is insane, uh, and we need to do something to favor the batters. Uh, last year, somebody, somewhere, isn't that helpful, did a thing of all of Miguel Cabrera's home runs in Comerica. And they said if Miguel was batting in Yankee Stadium, which is basically a high school baseball field, right, he would have 700 and some home runs, which is insane. Uh, so... All this, uh, you know I love baseball, and I don't know if you needed this much information. I'm sorry. Uh, it's something I just love talking about. But their, um, come Holy Spirit, their goal was to try to get uh, more offense and to try to make it so we saw more taters. Do you think that's fair, John? Yep, and the fences are lower. Yeah, they moved them closer and lowered them. And also, where the Tigers used to play, yeah, corner of Michigan trouble, lots of home runs. Yes, that was a real easy 
part. Yeah. Well, and heck, Dad and I were counting the other day how many players hit a baseball out of Old Tiger Stadium. Eight different players. Oh, more than that, but yeah. No. Out of right field, maybe, but yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, um, hit it completely out of the park. And it's the edict, too. We got to make the game more exciting. Yeah, Lou Brock did it a ton of times. We saw that. Rocky Colavito did it a few times. Kirk Gibson did it at least once. Twice, but Lou Brock never does. Not Lou Brock. I always say Lou Brock when I mean Colavito and Cash. I always mix Cash up with Lou Brock, which is stupid. One was white and one was black. Well, and then the uh, the thing too, we're trying to make the game more exciting. Yeah, you know, and they need to. They need to do something. And I get it. I hate a lot of the rule changes, but I get what they're trying, and I'm trying to respect it. You know. Jim asks if. Um, oh, sorry. You think the league should standardize the fence distance and height? Mm-mm. No, because I think it's fun that, like, if you put Miguel, for example, where does Kansas City play? He loves that stadium. Yeah. Oh, I mean, do you remember the name of the stadium? Hoffman Stadium. Hoffman? Kaufman. Kaufman Stadium. Is it me, or does he have just an insane batting average there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a good park to hit in. Yeah. Uh, now, they have a long fence. Holy cow. Then you'd have to make every park the same. Yeah, and you get, like, Colorado, where the ball will travel 16 miles if I look at it. The elevation. Yeah, you know, the elevation, the ball moves faster, farther, high, you know. So I don't think they should standardize it because every park has their quirks. The big green monster in Boston, right? Uh, Colorado, uh, you know, I could hit a home run there in my prime. And I'm not really. I'm the worst baseball player of all time. It's the sport I love the most and have the least skill at. Okay. Is it okay to eat eggs on Friday during Lent since they came from a chicken? Yes, eggs are okay. Uh, eggs are not considered meat by the church. Uh, <laughs> oops. I'm looking. Yeah. Oh, go down? Okay. Father Joe, have you heard about the Jesus movement on the college campuses? If you have, what is your take on it for Catholics? I am not familiar with this. I apologize. I can look it up. Uh, I do know there was a Jesus movement in the 70s. That was a real blessing. Um, a kind of revival. Yeah? What's that? Oh, is it time? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, do you mind if I do one more? Because this one right in front of me is very cute. Uh, um, during daily mass this week, a little squeaker was playing in my pew. I ended up focusing, focusing on that instead of mass and playing with the little ones. That's not a sin, right? Not focusing on mass? Well, your goal is to focus on mass. Right, it is. Um, uh, the presence of the prayer was God's, uh, the little squeaker was God's gift to you that day, right? One of them. Um, and a chance for you to praise God for life, praise God for a mom and or dad who not only chose life, but then chose to take that child to church. Uh, an opportunity to rejoice. Uh, you know, like it, it, this is one thing, like I'll sometimes look at them and think when they're 90, it's the same soul. And that just freaks me out. I think of that all the time. Uh, when you're holding a baby, they have the exact same soul they'll have at 90. And I don't know why. But, uh, but of course, you want all of those wonderful distractions, right? There's awful distractions and there's wonderful ones. You want them to take you back to the big guy, right? 
Uh, so I doubt if you sinned, but uh, I, I imagine you didn't make a choice. You didn't say, you know what, I'm going to check out a mass and stare at the squeaker. I think what happened is the cuteness of it all caught you. Um, but, uh, yeah, oh, I love the little squigglies. Okay, so despite my optimism about how many questions I was going to get after, nope, uh, sorry. We, we fielded some new ones, and okay. I pulled them out of my email and such. Sure. Uh, Carrie DeFranco wants to remind oh, us. Oh, I love Carrie. Yeah, that the March promo for the Good News Cruise, promo lucky, gets you 100 bucks off. Oh, groovy. So if you go to goodnewscruise.com and you put lucky in as the code word or whatever it is, what is it, promo code? Promo code. Code word. Code word banana. If you type in, uh, what is it? Lucky. Lucky, I'm so sorry. Uh, then you can get a hundred bucks off your cruise, and if you can convince ten thousand of your best friends to do it, free cruise. Carrie's gonna kill me. Uh, <laughs> Not me, Carrie. Her Carrie. No, her Carrie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and Carrie DeFranco. For those of you who don't know, uh, Carrie and John and I got to work with on the cruise. What a wonderful woman. Um, she was drunk most of the time, but. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. Must be the name. Uh, okay, so on Monday, uh, we will wrap up Elisha. No, or what do you call that day? Wednesday. Wednesday. We will wrap up Elisha, or Alicia, as real people say it. And uh, and that's what I have to say on that topic. Yeah. Okay. So uh, don't forget to pray for Father Sean with all his flying about. Hey? Yeah. And I think it's very lonely to travel that much. Pray for him and ask Jesus to give him wisdom and strength and good rest and um, uh, come Holy Spirit. I guess that's it. So I say salad pray. Absolutely. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the midst of our anxieties, bring us healing. In the midst of our fears, bring us courage. In the midst of our worries, give us hope. And Lord, help us remember hope is not optimism. Optimism is human-made. Hope is divine. It's yours, and you let us have it. And so strengthen that hope within us. So that we recognize we weren't made for this world anyway. So we're probably never going to be totally comfortable here. And while we are here, help us to be faithful, to be sacrificial, to be kind, and to worship and live the truth. We ask, Father, in a special way that you be with all Christians who are being persecuted, whose lives are at risk. Come to their rescue, Lord, and until you do, help them to be brave. And we pray, Lord, for our persecutors, the persecutors of our brothers in, 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 in uh, Nigeria, in Guatemala, in China. We pray that you change their hearts. Father, you know there's people we love very much and we worry about them all the time. 
And you know that there's circumstances in our lives that cause us to fret. We give it all to you, Lord, because we love you and we trust you. And may Almighty God be with you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My Kung Fu is strong. I'll see you people next week. And until then, peace is my gift to you. It's okay, mijo. Is it over? No, it's never.